So the real reason to why you should be on a team is... So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate, grow their teams and add more transactions year over year while so many struggle? To get the answers, we interview top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. Listen, we believe every agent should make a minimum of $100,000 per year, and we're on a mission to make this happen. We've already helped over 100 agents achieve this with our coaching. So if you want to fast track your business growth, get to your first $100,000 in GCI or add another $100,000 in GCI using social strategies, then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com or you can just click the link in the description below. Also, just make sure to follow us, hit that subscribe button, and if you get any value from this at all, please tell a friend and leave us a review. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Elite Agent Secrets show. Today we've got Anna Abadamarco with us, and she's been in real estate for 10 years. She's a top agent and team in Chester County, Philly. She's been an icon agent with three uh, with EXP for three years, and also the top half of the 1% nationally in volume and home sales for the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And since joining EXP three years ago, has also built a organization of over 220 people. Today, we're going to be diving into attracting agents, building a business by referrals, and the pre-listing process. Anna, thank you for coming on the show with us today. We are just talking off air. Anna's really going to dive into this whole podcast world, clubhouse world. So be on the lookout if you're wanting some top information from a top real estate agent. How are you doing? <laughs> doing well. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm, I'm definitely a newbie to the podcast world, but it's quite interesting, uh, especially after spending the last year on Clubhouse, which came at a time that John and I became empty nesters uh, and COVID and freezing cold. And then I found Clubhouse and I thought, oh, this is interesting. And so, uh, you know, met a lot of wonderful realtors across the country, countries actually. And, uh, and everyone keeps talking about podcast and I'm a little ADD. I just kind of stay in my lane and do my thing. But if I hear it enough times, eventually it's like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> it's, a, it's like the rule of three, right? If something shows up in a short period of time, three times, it's like you can't fucking ignore it. You got to start paying attention to it. Yeah. So uh, Andrew and I, we laugh about this all the time because we were like podcasts. We were hearing it over and over again. We're like, okay, all right. We're going to double down. We're going to see it. Then Clubhouse (laughs) came out, just like you're saying. You got to hear it. But it's okay. Low tech, high check. Sometimes, you know, the the rule of adaptation or the curve of adaptation of whatever that looks like is pretty freaking cool. The thing is with the thing is with the tech, though, right? It's like you've also got to know when to not absorb them all. It's like we heard about Clubhouse and it's like all this and it's like, oh, TikTok and all this stuff. And we're like we're just going to do our podcast and we're just going to be a really good podcast. And like, and this is all we focus on. Like, this is our thing. Like we don't do all these others. It's like, what do we do? And it's like, we sell homes, we help people sell homes and we run a, a we run like a global podcast that helps real estate agents all over. And they're, they're like, our, there are things. And we don't now migrate to like, Hey, do you want to, I know, go big on Instagram. It's like, no, we are a podcast, our podcast, our content. So with that being said, the way we like to start every single show is to take us back 10 years. You got into real estate. Why? Oh. <laughs> Why did you make such a poor choice? <laughs> more so, I'm even, even more so really when I think about it, what the actual, what was I thinking? <laughs> uh, because we had just moved here 
And I'm originally from New York. We made a pit stop in New Jersey. My husband's uh, company. We're, we're in Jersey. Uh, Monmouth County in Marlboro. Uh, I know exactly where it is. I used to live in Burlington County, about an hour and a half south of you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so he works in Parsippany. We lived in Marlboro. Um, we moved to New Jersey a year after we got married. Uh, figured the whole suburbs thing. Now, also being Italian American, you you generally get married and and live with your parents, or you live upstairs from your parents. I would have done that uh, had my mom. My mom had passed away when I was eighteen. So next in line was my sister. She lived in in Hazlitt, which was like the next town over in Monmouth County. And so we went that way. We're like, okay, let's go to Jersey and start a family and what have you. Uh, did that for about 15 years. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom for nine years. And then I got back into work. So prior to being home with the kids, I was a loan officer. So I started there at a very young age, uh, 19, actually. I was 19 years old when I became a loan officer, which is also unusual. Um, was going to actually become a kindergarten teacher. So I was in school to be a teacher, which at the time I didn't have kids. So I actually thought that would be a great idea until I had my own. And then I realized uh, I, I would have not been cut out for that. We saved the world by not allowing me to become a teacher. Um, but I was working at a local uh, mortgage company in my town and went to community college. And because again, you know, my mom had just passed and had responsibilities at home. And so Long story short, one of the top loan officers got fired for some unscrupulous behavior, and they looked at me and said, how would you like to become a loan officer, right? Because you're, you're involved in these transactions, the clients love you, and, and what have you, and so I did. And so that's where it began, really. Um, then we moved to New Jersey, had a couple of kids. After they, when the little one, Michael, uh, went off to first grade, I figured, you know, it's not really fun being a stay-at-home mom when they're not home. And so wanted to re-enter, uh, which was interesting because I, I worked for a HUD housing counseling agency uh, at a time after the big, you know, uh, real estate burst and, and, and all that went on and transpired. And so it was my redemption period. It was when I got to help people and educate them and assist with loan modifications and the home affordable refinance program and budgeting and all that good stuff. Right. So then we get relocated here for my husband's job. And I thought, Pennsylvania, like, what am I going to do there? You know, um, quite honestly, ignorance. Cause we, I came to Pennsylvania once prior to having moved here and we visited Dutch Wonderland. So I just thought you were all Amish and, uh, you know, not <laughs> that's in Lancaster County. I'm in Chester County. I was like, this is cool. You've got, you know, seven, not seven, uh, Wawa's and, uh, Target and Starbucks and, you know, all the normal USA, America, you know, suburb type of living. So it looked like anywhere else USA. And I thought, all right, we can do this. And then began the, okay, why real estate? Well, I didn't know my way around, um, needed GPS to get to my kid's school, did not know a soul here, like literally did not know one person. Uh, I knew the realtor that sold us our house, right? And I figured doesn't look so hard. And people always told me I would be great at real estate. Uh, but certainly I should know where I am and what I'm selling. 
So the first six months, I actually, uh, I don't know how I got her to hire me as an admin because, you know, if you know the disc profile, you know that I would not be a good admin. Uh, but being that I'm a 99 on my I and a 98 on my D, I think that also serves as to be quite persuasive. And so uh, she agreed to hire me. And I got, during that time, I got my license and I learned a little bit of the back end and the area. And I figured, well, you know, I guess I can do this. So I will say my spiel was from the beginning. I would tell my clients, I'm not from around here. It was very obvious that I wasn't. So we couldn't really hide that. Right. And so I said, I've been in the room. Might as well. Just honestly at its finest. If the thick Brooklyn accent was coming through and they went, I'm not sure if you can tell I'm not local. And they went, what did you say? And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't even know if I still mispronounce it, but even the way I would say Lancaster, is it Lancaster or Lancaster? Lancaster. Whatever it was, however I said it, that was like immediate. And then of course, water and coffee. Uh, But I think I say it right. Sometimes I don't even know the right pronunciation anymore. It just, uh, you know, and it doesn't matter with the amount of homes you sell in, who gives a fuck? Who cares, right? <laughs> For sure. And, uh, and English is actually my second language. Um, Italian is my first. So between that and the accent and, you know, it was, it was quite evident that, that I was not from around here. So why you would have never known. <laughs> but, you know, but why, why, you know, that whole fake it to make it, I'm not a believer of that. I think transparency is uh, way more valuable and and something authenticity integrity these are things that are lacking in in our industry as well as others any sales industry i think they they kind of take a you know backseat to uh importance and to me i think it it it's everything right you, you know my reputation uh trust uh relationship is is everything to me so what i would say to clients is i'm geographically challenged um don't follow me i'll follow you and uh, those darn lock boxes. Oh, my gosh. Especially the ones that look like the ones we used in high school. Well, not you guys, maybe. But uh, when I was in high school, you know, the left M, right R, turn all the way. It's like those drove me crazy in high school. I, they would give me anxiety at the locker. I certainly couldn't stand them at the door. I was like, you might have to actually open this door. But once inside, that's where my value proposition is, right? No one is going to negotiate better than I will for you. No one's going to understand the process, guide you and protect you um, throughout this process better than I can. And, you know, that honesty was, I think, very um, appreciated by the average consumer today. And and it's interesting because that first person who hired me, she was one of the owners at at the first brokerage I was with. And she said, well, you're going to have to join a team. You know, you're not from around here. No one's going to hire you. And I remember smirking. I would like to say smiling, but I'm sure I was smirking Uh, and thinking to myself, like, okay, you don't know me, but honestly, don't tell a Brooklyn girl what she can't do. Right. Because now I'm just gonna have to prove it to you that I can. (laughs) Right. So. So why real estate? There's your answer. Why not? Right. Like, you know, a point. You did it to prove a point. And now you became very, very good at it. One of the funny things of what you what you've done kind of, I guess, unwittingly is like it's actually a psychological trigger where it's like if you tell people like bad stuff and then you kind of finish on good stuff where it's like like 
okay, language, you know, I'm a Brooklyn girl. It's thick. Like I'm also challenged, you know, with regards to location, you're going to have to help me there. But like, I'll be a fucking boss realtor for you. And through this whole process, it's going to feel amazing because you've been honest on the first two points, which are technically negative. And then, so the third point makes it hyper believable because it's like, she's already told me the bad shit. So then the third point, it's not going to be a lie because she's what's like, it sounds like bizarre. And there's actually like psychology studies around doing that to people. It makes your truth far more believable. Uh, There's kind of this funny story, we know, where it's like a guy was like, you know, I live at home with my parents. I'm broke. I'm doing all this. He goes, but I am amazing in bed. And this is his story. And it's like, well, what do you think people believe? I've already told them I live at home and I'm broke and all this other shit. But <laughs> and he's like, I leave it to, to last. And it's kind of a funny story, but it drives home the point where it's like that last point is exponentially more believable. So what mm-hmm. I want to do as well, 10 years, walk us through the first year. How many deals did you do up until, you know, 2021? How many deals? Sure. Uh, 12 transactions in my first year as an independent agent, still learning the area. Uh, but then I tripled to 36 transactions in my second year, um, by hiring a business coach, not a real estate coach and, uh, investing in myself. I, I'm not a gambler. I've been to Vegas five times unwillingly, but whether it was a seminar or some you know, real estate reason why I had to be there and didn't want to and would never gamble. It just isn't my thing, but I'll, I'll gamble on me for sure. Like I think I'm a good bet. And so I made slightly under a hundred thousand in my first year. And with business coaching, uh, it was understood where the pain points were, which were working weekends. Uh, I was still, you know, coming out of being a stay at home mom, and uh, Sunday dinners and church and all that was a thing for us. And the kids were that much younger and they were still cute and didn't talk back as much. So I did want to be home. Right. And so recognizing that the the schedule was not working for me. But, you know, I think I can figure this out uh, with some leverage. And so I hired my first admin, full time admin. And at first it seemed overwhelming because uh, his salary was 50000 a year. Uh, but the way it was explained by my business coach is, okay, so let's break that down. Right. And the 30, 60, 90 rule, uh, and you'll know for certain, I mean, you'll know in 30 days, right. But by 90 days, you've got some data, you know, within six months for sure, this is do it or don't. Uh, but it's not 50,000, right. It's 25,000 to know if it's going to be a great return on your investment. And so it was right. Cause I, I made 323 or 330, something in the, in the 300, uh, thousand range in my second year and year over year, it has just, um, increased. There was a year I, I plateaued, but never a year that I did less than. And last year, uh, made seven figures and I don't know how I got here. Honestly, really. You know, um, because I've also at this point, so in the last five years, uh, I've only worked with sellers, right? So last year I did about 50 listings um, off market and on because I also do investments and I work with a lot of investors and I come across many opportunities with with the off market. Nonetheless, um, my focus was, all right, you know, I'll do 50 listings. I have a small team. Uh, all my buy sides go to my team. I have a seasoned uh, agent. I have two uh, 
three actually, once out of being a newbie. So let's say two seasoned agents and two newer agents that are in training. We do an apprenticeship program. And, uh, and so all my buy sides go to them so I can focus on the listing side. And my feeling was, or how I built my business was, look, I can do 50 listings with one agent, really like all the, you know, the real relationship business will stay within the team. The rest I can refer out to whomever and a full-time admin, right? I don't need a team. I actually had a team of 11 or 12 uh, that I dismantled actually pre-COVID, did not have the foresight. I, I always say I'm dumb as a fox. Uh, I'm not that smart. I just, things just work out. I think it's more gut than anything else. It wasn't working for me. I felt like I was running a daycare center. I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. And so I dismantled it and just brought back the ones that I thought, you know, I wanted to invest in and, and grow them as agents. And so, but the point is, is that even without them doing 50 listings a year at, at an average price point of about 500,000, you know, do the math. It's not a bad, you know, income. Right? Yeah. Exactly. It's a couple of quid. Or it's a couple of bucks in your pocket. I tell you that for nothing. So right. one of the things what me and Peter are, are totally on, in, on board with you with regards, like we would rather have a small team that, you know, hits like a rhino than have like, so basically you would rather have like one elephant, one rhino rather than like a load of kittens. Because like, if you ever tried fucking herding cats, like good luck, but like you can herd one rhino because what you do is you kind of get them, point them and shoot. And it's like, go and run that thing over. And they just like, okay, <laughs> like, bulldoze it and they're gone. And they're really good at their job, which is exactly what we're like. We'd rather have, let's have a small team. You can also, here's the other advantage that everyone who's listening, you might not have thought of. When you've got a small team, you can give good people more leads and that makes them happier rather than having a more distributed team, giving each one one lead and then it doesn't convert and they get pissed off and they leave for another team. One of the other advantages is actually you can give those agents a lot more business and that makes them happier and they don't leave which ultimately makes you happier and it gives you less work higher levels of trust like these are all things that people don't think about enough where it's like you want to build long term find good people and invest in them that's how you build you said that because i will i will share so stacy morrison has been on my team for over five years now longest standing agent i'm i'm a little much so you can imagine you know you could, you love me or hate me. There's no in between. You're going to hate me hard or you're going to love me hard. Right. But there is no in between with me. Right. And so you have to be a certain caliber. You really have to be some person at a level of great integrity and uh, ability to shoot it straight and, and, you know, speak to me directly and not have fear around, you know, what you did or didn't do. Right. And that's Stacey Morrison for sure. Uh, and that was the awareness when I dismantled my team, when I looked at the production of the other agents and I actually had that conversation with Stacy because she was the first to know that I was going to do this. I said, Stacy, look at these transactions that this one and this one and this one and this one did. Those should have been yours, right? Look at the business we lost because of their inability to serve the client and put the client's needs first the way you do, Right. So, so that was my awareness when I did it in 20, 
It was January 2020 or 2019. I'm terrible with time, but either either which one, a couple of years now, um, where where we went small and in doing so, and I thought I'm going to take a hit financially, and I don't care, right? Because it, it wasn't worth the aggravation. Yet I wound up the last two years having, you know, again. It, better than it's been and, and the best uh, years of, of production and income. Yeah. And I guarantee you personally are a shitload happier. Oh, guarantee. Oh. Like, like yeah, I bet you're, you're, you're not running a glorified day, day, daycare center, right? Don't even know. And I will say, so some of my, so I don't know if we're, we're going to get into the EXP model and how that works, but I'm yeah, I mean, let's dive right in. Cause your first topic is about aging attraction through community okay. service and advocacy. So let's dive right into it. Sure. So when I think of some of the agents that joined under me, but not on my team, um, they I truly see them as my partners. And again, knowing the desk profile and when I meet with some of these agents and some of them have desires to be on my team, I'm like, you don't want to be on my team. You just want to be in proximity of. You want to learn a couple of things. You want to know a few things. You want to know some tricks and trades, some secrets, if you will, some how-tos. But at the end of the day, why on earth would you want to be beholden to me? Why would you want to share your commission, right? Your salary with me? Once you've learned those things, what is it exactly that you need? What are you lacking, right? You want camaraderie, you want collaboration, Right. You want to educate, you want training. Sure. We've got all that. Um, one agent in particular that I'm thinking of, he came from a team and I think he was quite nervous to go independent. Well, we looked at his last year's production and it was recognized that I don't remember exactly the numbers now, but you know, let's say he did about 12 transactions of which seven were Zillow leads of which were low price point, you know, within an hour of where he lives and serves, uh, chasing his tail, right? Low commission. And then there were three or four that were his own personal sphere. But on the team, he still got half or something, whatever, you know, that amount was. And he wasn't allowed on that team to take listings, which I think is so short-sighted uh, for team leaders who run their, their business that way. But, you know, I guess it works for them. Nonetheless, the point is, what I explained to him is, look, if you'd only done those four transactions versus the 12 or 13 or whatever it was, uh, and under this model, you would have made more money. You wouldn't have ran around. You'd have more time with your family. You would have made more money only servicing your sphere. And how much more time do you think you would have had to make more business of your own? So even if you did five or six transactions, but you, you did the work that you wanted to do and made more money, why are you on a team? Right? So the real reason to why you should be on a team is there's got to be a great uh, give and take. There's got to be a mutual understanding. And as a seasoned agent, you can't be on those ridiculous splits uh, that that some of the traditional teams have, right? Because the good people will leave you. And that's just ridiculous. You want them there. They want to be there. Make it work. Figure out a plan that that makes sense. So these, these frontline agents, if you will, right, the agents that I personally uh, brought over to EXP, I consider them my partners. And we have our own masterminds outside of the trainings that go on. Uh, within the brokerage and I refer business to them, right? 
Uh, I'll go on listing appointments with them. I'll do whatever it takes to help them grow their business because together we win. And this is the only model that I know of where I'm actually encouraged to share and collaborate yeah. and grow and train. And hey, the happier you are and the more people you bring and the more business you do, we win and grow together. 100%. It's exactly the same reason. Are you are you also finding that a lot of those partners are local or are they kind of everywhere? From here to California. Um, but primarily local because I did not focus on agent attraction at all. So my ADD kicked in. Um, when I was planning on leaving, so, uh, I started at KW was there three years. And even though I was at a hundred percent and making title share and what have you, um, there was something missing. And so I looked elsewhere and I thought, well, this place over here, Berkshire, you know, I don't know, I guess you get what you pay for. It's more expensive, but maybe that's where the, the cool kids hang out. And you know, by cool, I mean like the more experienced or whatever, I didn't know what I didn't know, right? It was just, I was that early on in, in the industry, in the business, uh, only to find out that, no, you know, it's not worth paying. I was paying close to $100,000 a year to hang my license there. I know. It's mental. Me? I mean, here's one of the biggest misconceptions. By the way, like the reason me and Peter joined DXP as well is for very similar reasons to you. And like servicing our partners, people who we want to help grow. A lot of people think EXP is just like this big recruiting model when actually every business, not even, even just forget about real estate, even businesses, they're all what everyone's called in the pyramid scheme. It's like, okay, who owns a KW? Well, obviously KW. And then who is it? Well, someone owns the market center. And then you got the broker. And then you got the team leader. And then there's you. And it's like, you know, just draw that out. You know, you are like six levels down. So with, you know, what we do here, you just get paid straight from exp and that, that's the difference now and know, how many out of the seventy-five thousand, by the way do you know how many exp agents actually attract it's group? less than five percent isn't it it's less uh, it's uh well so at exp con they actually share that info it was 12 percent, which i still thought was really low think about that 75 or i think now we're up to seventy-nine thousand agents whatever it is let's call it over seventy thousand. so over seventy thousand agents and only 12 percent have actually ever recruited another agent well, that's the that's the key point, though, because their class in recruiting is one, aren't they? But the average is isn't it like one point seven or two point three? It's mm -hmm. like basically someone in your team, and that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, right. and yeah, so like you know, there, there's this amazing business model here, and like you said, it's the only business model out there that I've ever even heard of where you get basically incentivized to help people below you produce. Now, it's like people who don't understand the model, you've got to understand that. If say I joined Anna's team and I don't sell a home, she ain't getting paid. Right. Like so like she her she's incentivized to make me sell homes. It's not to make me help recruit other agents. Like that helps down the line. But like mm -hmm. first and foremost, I've got to sell homes. Now it's like well it's glorified accountability that you get paid for now. Yeah. Yeah. And right? The incentive to actually share. Where, you know, I moved brokerages initially, so from KW to Berkshire, because I felt it was very closed door at KW, like the top, you know, I was always in the top seven with teams and I was an independent agent. And I thought, okay, so these are the guys who are going to like, we're going to mastermind, right? No. No, no, they don't. We so don't this want is, to know what I know, right? A hundred percent. This is what, again, another thing people don't, so we know a few very big hitters in KW, like huge, huge players. Some of our 
close and personal friends. And they won. So here's some of the misconceptions. Everyone goes, I want to join because EXP doesn't have an office, which to be fair is now not true because it's basically offices everywhere. It's just personal. Have you have an office. Like we have an office as well. Like it's like we've got offices. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big thing is everyone's like, well, I'm going to go mastermind with top producers. Two things. Usually the top producers aren't in the office because they're top producers at Sun Homes. And the second thing is you're actively their competition because you're literally selling from in the same area to the same people. Yes. Only EXP are people incentivized if you sell in their area to help you sell that home because if you are under them, they also get paid, well, like 3% on that deal. So even if it's a few hundred bucks or whatever, it's like, okay, I'm still getting something from it. This is what I think a lot of people have... To be fair, I think there's just a, a real stigma around the whole thing and it's through a lack of education because people kind of have their wall up and listen, the numbers don't lie. What is it? Over a thousand agents a week are joining or something crazy. Yeah. And it's... You know, it's over five. I heard this stat. In fact, I think it was yesterday. I didn't even know this. Apparently, over five hundred a week join without even a sponsor. They join just because of the model. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, holy hell! You know, because when, when me and Peter saw it, we were like, this is the only place for us to sell real estate through because, like, this is building like a real well, allows us to home. yeah allows us to be a little bit more flexible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It allows us to be yeah. global, more flexible. Yeah. things that we want to run it you can be a self-organized team an organized team a mega team however you want to structure your business yeah there's a place and a play for you to execute on and allows us to have a deeper sense of collaboration all at the same time 100 you know like you like we're not affiliated at all having great time talking on a podcast you're selling your secrets with us which we will dive into number two and number three in a second and it's and we're all working towards the same goal. So it feels the collab- like there's a bigger vision. Yeah, yeah. The collaboration here is is ridiculous. It is off the charts, yeah. real and authentic. And yeah. as a team leader, what really was like just so eye-opening for me is like, wait a minute, I get to actually grow my agents into independence and still be friends. Right. And they're not like, you know, now I know what I need to know and I don't need to be on the team. Hell, I'm the one telling you that before you even have awareness. Right. When we go through our, you know, uh, one on one coachings with with my agents, I'm actually the one who points out to them. Hey, look, look how many deals you did that were your personal sphere. Look how you did this or that, you know. Right. So the first uh, step is to um, graduate them to a seasoned agent where they're on a better uh, split with the team. And then it's the, you're, one of two things are going to happen. You're going to stay on the team indefinitely because the value is there. The split that you have, you don't want to manage. You're not a high D, you know, you're, you truly are just, you're a team player. That's you in your authentic role. That's who you are. And you rather have someone else take the risk, pay the bills and you get paid. Right. And not have to hunt. Right. So the lead generating part, like, Again, there, there is that right fit when you find them. But the others, in, in this environment, I'm happy to grow you. I want you to actually become independent and, hell, grow your own team and I'll show you how. Right? That was not an option at other brokerages. It's the exit strategy, isn't it? Like, that's the other thing. It's the exit strategy in the future. Oh, and by the way, if you're interested in gaining access to our courses and coaching 100% free, then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com.